Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. I'm very happy today to be welcoming three representatives of one of Nigeria's most prestigious law firms, this being Alaniwan Ajayi. So today I am joining, well, I am joined by Dr. Tominiyi Owalabi, Walemi Isan, and Konyin Ajayi. And we're here today to discuss some very exciting developments at the firm, this being the managing partner mantle being passed from Konyin to Tominiyi and Walemi being elected to act as deputy managing partner. So this is a time for both reflection and forward thinking, and I'm going to dive right in. Konyin, I'm going to start with you, and if you'd care to take a quick walk down memory lane with me, your pedigree as a leading lawyer leads, leads, needs little coverage, but I'm interested in your perspective on the evolution of the firm from its inception to this pivotal moment. Now, what do you see as the key strategic and cultural cornerstones of the firm, which were required to achieve its rather seismic growth across your tenure as managing partner? And as a follow-up, do you see these as the same cornerstones, which will set the firm in good stead for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Ah, Tom, thank you very much, um, you know, first of all, for giving us this opportunity. And uh, as you can imagine, I am exceedingly glad uh, that we're able to do this and that we've come to this moment. And, you know, let me start from where you started. You, you spoke of a memory lane and taking a quick walk down. Well, I guess, um, given my age now and my length of time in practice, um, my walk would not be quick, uh, my walk would be slow. So um, let me say this. So in terms of you know, how all this started, um, the thing to say is that you know, using his nameplate, Olani Wajai, uh, as most of his contemporaries at that time, all over the world, set up as a sole practitioner on the 2nd of November, 1962, though from what we now read and from what we know from him before he passed on, he always had an eye to today uh, when no one related to him in any shape or fashion will be leading a prestigious firm bearing his name. I recollect an interview he uh, did you know, about 25 years into his retirement, I think he was turning 90 that year. And he spoke about his unquantifiable joy of birthing an institution with third-generation lawyers in leadership. He was referring at that time, not to my class of leaders, I was at that time managing partner, nor people like, you know, Tomini and, and, and Sheyo Pasoya. Uh, and Yimeke Phillips and, and Dr. Kweme, uh, you know, who were in my class of partners. Nor was he speaking of the next set of, of leaders, uh, people like Yvonne Shambore and, and, you know, Toyoshi Alabi and Mrs. Okumbi, uh, who, you know, you know, joined the firm, you know, directly from school and, you know, are now 20 years on the firm. He wasn't even then talking about those ones who, at that time, were already in leadership. He was then talking 
of a third set of people who were rising stars and were in management of the firm. And, and he said at that time that it was really great for him uh, to find that, you know, this little seed had become this big boabab tree, um, this tree uh, that was providing shade for many, pro providing uh, medicine, if you like, for many, uh, providing um, comfort for others, uh, providing for some flowers, uh, for some food to eat, uh, and, you know, protection from, from the rain and from the sun, uh, something to lean on, um, and from it you could draw uh, wood for fire, for combustion, for energy, and, and all these other good things that this huge mighty tree stands for. Uh, and so he, for him, um, this was very important. The people of the firm were quite important, as far as he saw it, um, to building up an institution that will last as we see. The, the other thing that I think I would like to say um, is that he was a pathfinder and he insisted that, you know, only pathfinders were those that joined the firm uh, very early on. And, and this became today, became then, but for us today, a testament to the depth and the strength of the bench of succession that the firm has, uh, a bench that has now produced uh, Wolini and Tomini as our leaders. So in truth, the evolution of this firm has been in the sheer force of the dream of our founder, his strength of character, and his slavish pursuit of excellence and justice. So I think this, it's a, a wonderful uh, yeah. analogy, Konyin, to the to the idea of the seed blossoming into the tree. And if I if I might pick your brain for a moment, uh, what do you think would would surprise your esteemed founder the most if he could could visit and and see the firm today? Or do you think his vision was so great that he would just be glad that you got the color scheme correct that he had envisaged uh, <laughs> as well? Uh, I think so. And uh, let me take a little matter of style uh, before we go back to that great thing of the work we do. So he was a very stylish man. Uh, and today, everybody in Olanawa Ajayi is, is stylish. We're all concerned, and the style is A, in the way we all look, the way we dress, the way we speak, and the way we relate with our clients. We like um, they we like to to be a good representation of those ethos that I that I spoke about, and then we also are very stylish in in the things we use, in the paper that we use, in the font that we use, in the color scheme uh, of our brand, in the structure of our office. So now, thank God he was around. And he was part of the vision of our office block in, in Banana Island, which itself is iconic uh, as far as this parts of the world are concerned. But I guess what will surprise him most will be 
the strength of women in the law firm. Um, a greater percentage of our partnership today um, is in women. And I think the pipeline is also filled with women. And I think that would be something that surprised him. Um, honestly, you know, I guess because, you know, if he was around, he'd probably be about 100 now. And maybe at that time, in his time, they would not have expected the advancement that has happened with the way we've been able to push uh, women to leadership. And the other thing that I think would surprise me a great deal is the fact that we are now a lot, much more diverse in terms of our bench. Um, we are blind to, to religion, we are blind to tribe, we are blind to the idiosyncrasies of people. Now, he'll be surprised that in the office today, a gentleman wears an earring. He'll be surprised that um, Damola, one of our young stars, braids his hair to come to the office. He'll be surprised that, um, you know, some of our women come to the office in absolutely colorful uh, fashion like peacocks. So I'm sure that will surprise him that, oh, wow, okay, this is new. So we have embraced the youth, we've embraced the digital platform, we've embraced um, the newness of society today. Um, he was, our founder was uh, uh, very innovative and a man who actually continued to live a good life well after retirement because he connected to the people that were much, much younger than him. So for a long time and until his very end, he had people he visited and visited him on a daily basis. Now, these were not his mates because they were all old and so on and so forth. But these were men at that time that were 50 and 40 and 60, were his own friends. So, yes, he embraced youth as we do now, but we've done it, I guess, in much, much better than, than he has done. So let me, let me just say one or two other things in terms of, you know, this journey. Um, so uh, let me, I mean, there's, I can talk of, you know, 60 years of this and of that. But let me, let me step back and speak of maybe the last 40 years, and, uh, um, which would be my adult life and my time in the firm. And I, I joined the firm when we, we used manual typewriters. Now, the thing about our founder and the people on the firm was that we were great risk takers. We believed in taking a risk in order to make sure that our delivery to the client was always quicker, better, and where possibly cheaper. So when electric typewriters came out, before it caught fire, we were, we were one of the very first ones to buy. And then I remember a friend of mine joined uh, Minolta, um, and he, they brought in electronic typewriters. We were his first customer. Uh, and this electronic typewriter could only store 3,000 characters. And I remember then we had a client from Florida who himself hadn't seen an electronic uh, typewriter. And we had this meeting. Uh, we drafted an agreement for him. I remember Dick Kramer, who was the head of Arthur Anderson in Nigeria then. They came to the office. We had this meeting. We wanted the agreements changed. And I was one of the young ones on the team. I left the meeting room, went to the secretaries, the document was changed within 30 minutes and came and the guy said, how the hell did you do that? And we, you know, we told him of this machine that we had. 
And very quickly from electronic machines, we moved on to uh, computers. I remember the first computer we bought was an Amstrad. Um, the people in the English market remember uh, Sir Sugar, Alan Sugar, who was a great inventor. And he Can I, I remember my Amstrad at home very, very fond, fondly, which, uh, which my, yeah. my father brought home and we all gathered around it in, in quite Absolutely. a Absolutely. But uh, I don't Absolutely. know, how did you navigate your way around that quick document turnaround? Because you, you clearly denied one of the firmly favourite activities back in the day, which was taking a rather long lunch whilst documents were amended. I, I'm not sure whether you made friends or enemies that day, <laughs> that day Conyon. You know, honest truth is that um, mantra was quicker, better, cheaper. Mantra all the time. And the interesting thing is that you know this wasn't because you know management books were read, but was just a matter of culture and, and style, and um, you know uh, you know a sense of you know the way to do things. Uh, and so the way we operated uh, before we had the ability to turn things around electronically was to kill sleep. And um, that was the manner in which the firm drove itself, ingratiated itself into the market, especially the capital market, which is what really opened up Olanwajai LP as a prestigious law firm. Um, you know, getting into the capital market because at that time, the Nigerian capital market was small, but then big. Then big because all the multinationals used the Nigerian capital market. And it was the most prestigious thing you could do at that time uh, uh, to be, you know, to be handling a public issue, whether it was an IPO or, or, or anything else or imagine an acquisition. There were so few of them. Uh, and, and so we were able to get in because we just turned things around quickest. Uh, and so, yes, um, I, I guess we made, we offended people in the office, because young ladies like you one day couldn't go and meet her boyfriend at that time, uh, who wanted to see her on a Saturday evening to go clubbing, and she couldn't go. And I guess uh, there were bankers who we showed up and who weren't very happy with us, uh, because before then it was just the investment bankers' world. And here was this law firm um, with very young, capable lawyers from Harvard and Cambridge and, and Colombian places like that, doing things the way they do it, you know, in the city. So yes, there are people that were not entirely happy, but who we very quickly converted to our cause and indeed became our clients. So the, the, the trajectory has been one of being bold and being audacious and taking risks and trying to be a standard beyond all. And the truth is, we've been very lucky with a loyal set of people that are wedded to the higher notions I spoke of before, the higher notions of being a standard beyond all and the service to humanity and mankind. So what the evolution of the firm stands in the fact that for us, we must make our clients flourish. For us, we must make our clients succeed. Um, so our evolution is a child of nobility, humility, passion, determination, fidelity, ingenuity, 
resilience, and the sacrificial nature of the good people of the firm. They and they alone, plus the society that gave us the opportunity to prove these things, are the owners of our evolution. And those are wonderful cornerstones, I think, to, to build any organization around. And when it comes to being a raconteur and not necessarily uh, pleasing everyone initially that you interact with, like you say, it's the client that matters. And as long as their enjoyment uh, and their uh, uh, return is is protected, that's what really matters. And, and look, speaking yeah. of being a raconteur, I wanted to turn to, to Walemi for my next question. And... Walemi, you're stepping into the role of deputy managing partner. Um, firstly, a big congratulations. But I'm interested, how do you see yourself putting your stamp on this role and the firm's future direction? Are there any components or responsibilities of this role that you're particularly excited to get to grips with? Thanks, um, Tom, for, for, for the warm and kind wishes. Um, so, so for me, it just feels... Um, exciting to be part of the board that will be driving the firm um, into the future and I look forward to um, supporting Tominini in his role um, as the managing partner of the firm. I look forward into the future with a lot of excitement and um, I look forward to sustaining our philosophy of putting our clients and people um, at the center of our universe. Over the years we have developed a fantastic reputation for excellent and client service and you know, helping our clients to succeed and solve their most challenging um, problems. And this is perhaps why um, we are regarded as trusted advisors by many business leaders across various sectors who have come to trust our judgment and rely um, on our advice. And because of this, we enjoy the privilege of having advice on more of the largest of its kind and first of its kind's project. Um, in the country than um, any other law firm. And because we put a client at, at the center of everything, again, which is what um, we will continue um, to do uh, under the new leadership, we do not see ourselves as being external to our client. Um, we regard ourselves as being part of the client team. And what that does for us is to enable us see um, the world from our client's um, viewpoint and again it enables us to develop a um, very deep relationship um, with, with, with the client. So Tony and I, I think the view, the, the approach we will take is to um, continue to make the right investment, continue to think about how to serve our clients better through innovative um, service delivery and, and to ensure that we remain innovative, we will continue to build on our culture that encourages people to, to challenge everything. We've built over the years an environment where um, even the youngest associate is entitled to um, ask questions, where they're encouraged to think differently and constantly asking um, how we can create um, a better future for our client. And of course, we, we will continue to invest in our people. Um, we are aware that we can only deliver um, excellent client service by having um, the best lawyers. Historically, we've always hired um, the best lawyers. Um, we think we have the largest concentration um, of Oxbridge graduates in any single institution um, in Nigeria. We, we, we hope to continue to, 
to build on that and again continue to sustain an environment where our lawyers will be motivated to help our clients um, to, to succeed. And in terms of our people, one of the things that stands out as a firm is the way we train our people and the kind of exposure um, we give to them. Um, in most other law firms, um, lawyers are pigeonholed very early in their careers. They develop sector specialists very early. But what we try to do is to give very well-rounded um, training to our lawyers and and, and allow them to evolve into a multi-specialist. And this has proved extremely valuable um, for our clients because the clients benefit from the insights of our well-rounded lawyers who are able to provide solutions um, from different sectors and they are able to bring it to bear to, um, to solve clients' uh, problems. So, 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 so in a nutshell, um, the... The approach is to continue to put our people and our clients um, at the center of our universe, at the center of everything that we, that we do. Thank you, Tom. No problem. Well, I mean, I'm keen to dive into something that you've mentioned in a little bit more detail, and Conyon's referred to it as well. And this is the, the people behind the firm. Now, hiring from Oxbridge, looking for that intellectual acumen is, it's, it's, relatively easy to do not as easy to find but you're talking about things like trust and innovation and flexibility these things are incredibly difficult to find and to test for in fact i find they're juxtaposed to a lot of the formal legal education that africa offers and nigeria is is somewhat um a standout case in point here in that our young lawyers are being trained to be pigeonholed to be quite rigid to be quite black and white in their thinking and that's not the kind of mindset that you as a firm are looking for so how is the firm choosing the right people what are the attributes that you look for in your hires academics aside that you find indicate a propensity to thinking outside the box to flexibility to innovation all of these things that the firm needs but are actually unlikely to have been instilled or trained in these young lawyers coming through the education system Thanks. So that, that's actually um, a very interesting question. Um, so what we look out for um, is what I call um, the X factor, right? Um, because as you rightly noted, uh, these are things that are difficult for one to put um, one's finger on. And so the way our selection process um, is structured, and for the most part is similar to how it is structured in most law firms, um, there is... Um, there's a review of the academic background, there is a technical test, but by the time it gets to um, partner-level interview, we really ask technical questions because um, that is taken for granted that for the, uh, for the candidates to have reached that stage, the candidates must have demonstrated um, sufficient or outstanding technical skills. At the partner level, what we look out for are those X factors, right? Those, those things that um, it takes a bit of experience um, to, to put one finger, one finger on it. And you'll be surprised that by asking um, a candidate questions around, you know, what they read, uh, what motivates them, um, their aspirations, just looking at the human side, 
you'll be surprised at what you can extract um, within a, a window of 30 minutes um, or one hour. Of course, we always don't get it right at that stage, but I can say um, that seven out of 10 times um, we'll get it right. And when they come in um, as, um, as fresh associates, um, we, have a, we also have a one-year window um, to look at them and to see whether they really um, fit into um, the OA culture. A number of them, maybe on day one, they may not um, exactly have that X factor, but the more they see people around them, the more they observe, um, the more they soak in um, what we throw at them, and then the more they evolve into um, the, the, the kind of lawyers that we want. And again, we, as I mentioned before, we, we pay a lot of attention to creating the right environment. Of course, it's an intense environment, um, some quality pressure cooker environment. Unfortunately, that's the nature of corporate law practice. Um, we, we try to, to, to make it easier, but what we promise our associates is that we will give them all the support that they require to optimize their talents and to become outstanding lawyers. Thanks for that, Willemi. I think it's very, very interesting insight indeed. And uh, the X factor certainly brings uh, uh, my, my my imagination alive when it comes to a, a row of stern-faced partners with buzzers. But I'm sure that's uh, that's not the case at all when it comes to an interview at the firm. Uh, Tom and Iggy, turning to you, firstly, a very warm welcome from Africa Legal into the managing partner position. Some big shoes to fill, but I'm sure there's no one better place to do so. Uh, Now, I think it's fair to say that your primary areas of practice are transactionally focused in nature with a peripheral engagement with the litigation side of things, which Konyan was and continues to be heavily invested in. Do you see this influencing the strategic direction of the firm or will the organisation under your leadership continue to straddle both contentious and non-contentious matters for your wealth of clients? Thanks, Tom, for the good wishes. Uh, Big shoes indeed, uh, but um, it's the kind of challenge that we all look for in life. Um, Just to speak to your question, um, the first point to note is this. The firm has always been a full-service commercial law firm, providing top-quality support and solution to clients, both on the contentious and non-contentious side of practice, of legal practice. And the point to note about Olanua Jai is that uh, the average lawyer is trained to be able to deal with any side of the business of law, um, I started my life concentrating more on the dispute side uh, before I transitioned to take more transactional work. And so my selection as a managing partner, I, I do not see that leading to any change in focus for the firm. Um, as a matter of fact, a dispute resolution practice group has developed um, a reputation for its ability to effectively manage technically challenging complex and multifaceted litigation matters on behalf of a wide spectrum of clients. Um, The team has handled a number of recent high-profile cases in Nigeria and also actively participates in international commercial arbitration in major cities around the globe. And on that asteroid, Walimi and I, we, we look forward to breaking new grounds in this regard. 
especially in the field of international arbitration. And I, I should also mention that it should be comforting to know that we'll continue to count on the support of Professor Ajayi, Senior Advocate of Nigeria, and Mr. Pasnian, Senior Advocate of Nigeria, who have developed good reputation in the dispute space to continue to support us in this journey. And of more significance to underscore is that for us, there is no real divergence in practice. Um, as a leader, the central issue for me is a strategy that would drive and deliver more for our client as a full service commercial firm. What would change for us is not the breadth of our practice, it's the depth of the service we provide to our clients. Um, this change that we are talking about today is to consolidate on achievements so far with a view to shaping a better experience for our clients as we move forward. And that's our mission. You know, when I joined the firm, um, you know, a little over 20 years ago, I previously worked in an equally leading Nigerian law firm. But something stood out for me with Online Wajai. It was not just work, legal work, and the provision of legal services to clients. It was a mission, a mission to solve clients' business problems in a unique way that delighted clients. A mission to build an institution that will outlive its current custodians. A mission to do something about the legal practice in the African continent that will stand global relevance. It is that mission that my tenure as manager partner will continue with an eye on the future. So, um, yes, um, I've been doing a lot more transactional work recently, but for us, the future is providing full-scale, full-service legal solutions to our clients. It's a fantastic answer, Tom and Nii. And I think, you know, what I find interesting when you talk about what really stood out for you, and there's this fierce kind of obsession about customer service and, and innovation, but surely it was one of Conyan's waistcoats that caught your eye as well. Looking at the pedigree, the quality of client service, and, uh, and a sense of style that may well be unparalleled in the, uh, in the Nigerian legal system. So no, no harm done there. And, and I'm going to pivot back to Konyan for my next question. Konyan, it's great to see you staying on as a partner at the firm. And I'm sure many of your clients are equally pleased. So I'm interested. What made now? the right time to hand over the overall management of the firm? And further, what aspects of the firm are you most convinced of Walemi and Tominee's ability to take to the next level? So the way I see it um, is that Walemi and Tominee are going to take us from uh, a 15-person partnership with 100 lawyers and... 40, you know, professionals, you know, you know, accountants, um, uh, you know, consultants, uh, branding people, and so on and so forth. So a firm of 500 lawyers in the next three to four years. I see them, you know, you know, breaking the barrier of sound in terms of being able to stand um, in the international markets in, in London and in New York. And from there, you know, carry on with doing good work for Africa 
in making Africa proud. I, I see them, um, you know, quite frankly, as being uh, leaders of the renaissance that is coming to Africa. I, I see them as not just being managing partners uh, of Olano LP, but of leaders in the continent that bring pride to the continent, that bring um, to fore the richness of what can come out of, of this place, as is the case in other places. It is true um, that today we have great clients, but I see them continuing the tradition of attracting clients that will be happy to say, that is my advisor, not my lawyer. I, I believe that we would now get more people that would say, these are my trusted advisors, that they would ensure that the market now accords the firm greater respect, not just as a prestigious law firm, but as one of the largest professional service firms out of Africa. I see them in, in, build, in continuing uh, in the tradition of attracting the best of our talent and reversing the trend that we see today of our best going abroad. Um, as luck would have it, or serendipity, Magic Circle firms are hiring directly from Olana Jai LP, either from uh, our colleagues that go abroad uh, for uh, you know, further studies, or directly from people they work with um, on transactions in our office. I expect them to make sure Olani Ajayi continues to be a nursery for the best people that um, we can get. Let me, let me say one thing. You spoke about time. For Olani Ajayi, time has always been a currency. Time has always been a currency. And what is it that I mean that time has been currency for us? Time has been currency for us because the way we say it, we believe that time is everything. And so we, we seek to tokenize time. And I, I believe that uh, Tomini and Walemi would join digital natives using the digital platform or the shared economy that we have in ensuring that the tokenization of time is better. And which means that for our client, their time is richer for them. And by tokenizing time, because time is life, time is death, time is what defines sickness and health, poverty and riches, fame and fortune. Now, this is not a master of philosophy. You know, I was discussing time some time ago with Yuan Dishenbari, my partner, who thinks, well, I'm just being philosophical. But, you know, this is not a matter of philosophy. This is our reality. That time is very precious to us, and we must use them for our clients in a manner that delivers for them, in a manner that makes sure that our client's time is not wasted, and that each time they have is meaningful. This is to ensure that for our client, time is made profitable by making them successful. This for our people, for the lawyers and all the professionals in Olanuajai, is to make sure that time in Olanuajai is worthwhile because in it they would find 
their own meaning. They would find satisfaction. They would find fame and fortune. Ultimately, honestly, for them, work-life balance, resilience to survive in a COVID economy. For us, for our clients, time like this, when things are difficult, the fact that we make their time still worthwhile and their deals still come through. So that is it about time. And the other thing is this. Let me tie it to your question. Why this time? This time, because uh, interestingly, we're going to be turning 60 next year and we're going to kick in uh, you know, uh, preparations for our anniversary on our 59th birthday, uh, which is November 2. But the important thing is this. I, I try to be philosophical myself and I, I, I read biographies and I'm reminded of Mandela who, who led his people, albeit for a short while, as president. And he had the opportunity, the health and the strength to continue as president. But as we have always said by that adage, he bowed out when the ovation was loudest. But he didn't just bow out. He bowed out leaving a good platform on which his people could build. And so for me, trying to copy Madiba can be no better joy. Um, my modest achievements uh, are such that I believe that we must give opportunity to the people behind us and the people ahead of us to show that in Africa there can be succession because this goes beyond the landmark JLP. Yes, on the one hand, it is a great signal to people that in this firm, someone whose name has no relationship with the founder or the managing partner is taken over as managing partner, someone else is taken over as deputy managing partner, and at the bench that we fill it is not of, you know, relative of these people. And that this is not like some of the arrangements you see in Nigeria or the African countries where um, President Putin today and Prime Minister Putin tomorrow and then become President Putin the day after. It's not about being managing director of the bank today and becoming chairman of the bank tomorrow. No. So I'm not going to become chairman of this institution. No, um, I'm not going to lead in any shape or form. It's not a shadow thing. We have an adage in my, amongst my people that when you give a gift of a goat, you let go the, the tether, the rope. You don't hold it. So I'm not going to hold on to anything. So this is a signal to society at large that we must allow the young to grow, that we must bring meaning to the things we say. We must make real the fact that the youth control us today that the majority of our population, they're the ones that are making our economy grow, they're the ones that are creating the jobs that we have. So we need to signal to them that there's room at the top and that they must be allowed to breathe. So we must do these things. And so for me, it's auspicious that one does this at this time. We're going through a transition in Nigeria. Again, I hope I'm, in this little way, we're signaling to society that there must be real transition and not the kind of transition, as I said, that you had in Russia. For me, it's another signal um, to society that Olaniwajai has a bench of great people that they can, so they have an institution to rely on that will serve them for very many, many years to come. And the last point to make on, on this point is this. 
um, that one must also, in my view, demonstrate that one is successful. And I, I think the only thing I have to, to show that I am successful in life is by able to, being able to point out that, oh, I was part of that great institution that is being run by these people. As opposed to, oh, um, me still tugging around and chugging around at 70 and 80 and 90 and struggling and scheming against my partners, trying to make sure that my relatives become um, the runners of the business. So, um, and you know, we're going through tremendous change. We think we have great opportunity in Nigeria, in Africa. There's a lot happening. And um, I think there's no better time. Thank you, Tom. Conian, I applaud the philosophy and I am going to be keeping a very close eye on the growth aspirations of the firm because that 500 number would put you firmly at the top of the uh, the law.com international and africa legal africa top 50 rankings you'd be knocking off uh, some rather rather heavy hitters in south africa as it were so uh, i will be keeping an eye on that but you will be Happy to hear, I think I'm safe in saying, as the results will have been released by the time that this podcast hits uh, hits the market, that from 2020 to 2021, the firm has already climbed two places in those rankings from mm. 14 to 12. So oh. well on the way. And then another thing that I'd be really interested in is that pivoting of perception when it comes to spending time with your lawyers. You know, instead of that client counting down the minutes because it aligns with the invoice they're going to receive. In fact, they're feeling so confident that any minute they spend with the firm is actually adding professional or personal or monetary or time efficiency value. That's the kind of firm that clients want to be involved in. So to hear you iterate it so succinctly is 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 very, very good indeed. And a final question for you, Tominee. You're taking over the leadership of a major law firm in interesting times, I think is the way to put it. A global pandemic, legal services innovation, increasing regulatory complexity, cross-border transactions becoming the new norm, the Africa continental free trade area, the list of influencing factors goes on and on. So what do you see as the chief characteristics of a firm now needed to weather and indeed thrive in these times? Um, further, what characteristics do you see personally in yourself and Walemi, which make your leadership such a key component to this success? Yes, interesting times indeed. And, and Tom, I could add to your list of what's keeping lawyers awake at night. You know, the growing threat of alternative legal service providers, uh, the growing entry of the big four into the legal space. All these are challenging uh, the traditional legal business model as we have all grown to know it. But for, for us at Olainu Ijayu, an institution in Africa that has been around for about 60 years in Nigeria, having passed through the civil war in Nigeria, um, several decades of military dictatorship, uh, several economic downturns, and has made three generational leadership changes. I believe we are built for a period like this. For us at Olainu Ajayi, we see what we see are opportunities. 
we grow more in crisis situations. Uh, for us, we're not in surviving mode, but actually we're in growth mode. Uh, we see the current headwinds as pull or push factors that are moving us towards the attainment of our mission. The, the critical thing for us, you know, bearing in mind what's happening in, in the world, on the continent, is for us, we have to be an adaptive firm that remains true to the values that we hold dear. You know, these values that Prof mentioned earlier when you he, when he were speaking with him about mobility, humility, passion, determination, fidelity, ingenuity, resilience, have helped us withstand and prosper within context of headwinds in the past. And, and, and so for us, we see it as our ability to quickly adapt our approach while remaining true to our values. And that's what has kept us striving despite headwinds over the years. And so, you know, four things for me uh, shapes our strategy and what will be moving us forward even as we look into the years ahead. First is an increasing focus on clients. Uh, for us, it's all about our clients. We know the current realities are hitting our clients probably more. For a lot of clients, the business context have shifted significantly, having been presented by unprecedented challenges in the last 18 months. So the way to win for us is to continue to do what we have done well in the past, which is focus more on our clients by proactively connecting with them and listening to them and their needs and evolving dynamic ways to solve their problems and support them, and support them through this period with an eye on the future. The second thing we are, you know, we are paying attention to during this time is the need in connecting with our clients to do it at a relevant pace and in a relevant manner while providing relevant information. You agree with me that um, with technology now, clients are, bomb are being bombarded with information um, from everywhere. We need to keep our clients' attention by evolving a relevance agenda and delivering same through innovative channels. For us at Olanyo Ajayi, service delivery has never been from our perspective. It is always what the client needs. One a third thing which Walimi has emphasized when he spoke earlier is our people proposition. At the heart of all that we do is our people. And we see our people as the key to overcoming the challenges that, we, that the whole world is facing now. They are our soldiers on a mission. Um, the current challenges, you know, throw up both humanitarian and personal challenges that must be dealt with with empathy. So for us to win in this period, we must keep evolving our approach to our people. Flexibility, collaboration, connectivity, and balance are the keywords for us in dealing with our people. And finally, on this point, we continue to be both nearsighted and far-sighted. We continue to consolidate our strategic initiatives that are linked to immediate client needs to deal with current realities, but while also focused on building capabilities in new areas and accelerating digital and technology innovation. So that's how we, you know, these four things that, that drives our approach to, to these headlines. But coming to the second part of your question, um, capacity to deal with this, how Walimi and I are going to deal with this. And I think the key character for us is that we breathe the firm. Uh, we know the institution. Um, we understand its, its fabric. 
we 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 think you know olaniwajai and i think that passion um, is the key element to drive us towards attainment of our mission as as leaders in this firm um every time we 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 mention the name of firm you know it just strikes a chord within us that you know drives us to want to do something unique and something different so that for me is a key thing the passion that we have for the institution is a key one key character that will deliver success in this new role the other thing i like to flag is the fact that we both have business degrees um Walimi has an mba i have the doctorate in business administration and we both have been at the heart of the strategic direction of the firm for the last few years so for us this is not new we've been evolving over the years um getting into the mode of things understanding you know driving and shaping where we're going for for a bit and so that character those those characters for me um are quite important to ensuring that we are able to deliver um on this mission and more importantly and finally is that we see this as a team effort it's not just the two of us is a team of about over 150 people so we have diverse strengths to rely on to move the firm forward and so it's it's an exciting time for the firm it's an exciting time for me and um, i'm hoping that in a few years time we'll be having this conversation again and and discussing um the changes that are taking place in the bureau well they're going to have to be you know big changes uh, ahead particularly if we're going to uh, uh realize that a rather lofty goal of 600 600 staff uh, that Konyan put put down for us but i think one without a time scale necessarily so maybe we've got a good a good fighting chance if needed on that one and tomini i must say i i was i was already smiling at your response even 30 seconds in when my attempt at identifying real challenges for the firm were almost uh, embarrassingly placed in context when you reference the ter- the firm's longevity of success and existence under the context of civil war and dictatorships no wonder you were so confident <laughs> in articulating the four pillars which are going to put you in good stead not only as proven as putting you in good stead but will do so for the future um well let me uh, some great points raised there by Tomini but anything to add here from a from a personal perspective um thanks tom i think tomini has um, put his finger um, right on it um i would just like to stress that yes we understand that these are challenging times um, for our client um, for various reasons that uh, we've mentioned and also the reasons to me um, added but uh, as a future facing firm we are conscious of the need to um, continue to assist our clients to enable them make sense um, of the changing world um, around them um, so that um, we will continue um, to do and in terms of shared characteristics um, with Tobini uh, apart from the fact that we are both resilient agile innovative and share um, this passion for exceptional um, client service as Tobini already mentioned uh, we both have um, a business approach um, to law and, and that's because we do not see ourselves just as lawyers as Tobini mentioned um, we've been to business school so we have that business school um, background so because of our what I call business approach to law um, our clients 
they find the approach very refreshing, and that's simply because we just don't focus on the narrow legal issues, and we are always able um, to situate um, whatever legal issues our clients have in the larger context um, of the client um, commercial or corporate um, strategy. And our clients find um, that approach um, very, very refreshing because that is not what you typically um, expect from your lawyer. You just expect your lawyer to solve um, your legal problems. But we don't see ourselves as lawyers. We see ourselves as business um, solutions um, provider. And apart from business um, approach, um, Tony and I also um, understand um, technology. Um, when new technology comes out, we are um, usually uh, one of the very early um, adopters. So we will continue to um, investigate how we can use um, technology to improve the way we work, to serve our clients better, and we will continue to uh, invest heavily um, in technology. One, one trait that I would also um, like to underscore is the fact that we are both entrepreneurial. So we will be taking um, an entrepreneurial um, approach to, to leadership. We'll be bold, we'll be brave, and we will surely explore. Thank you. No, thank you, Walemi. I think it's it's you know great insight that you've you've brought there, and I like the entrepreneurial component that you've you've referenced. You know, there's nothing stopping us, no matter how large or entrenched or established our organisations become, that an injection of entrepreneurial spirit can't can't bring some much needed and or, or you know much needed impetus to grow a business even even further. Um, well, gents, that does bring us to time. So, Konyin, Tominigi, and Wolemi, thank you so much for joining me here today. Um, and as always, a very big thank you to all of our listeners. If you are new to the Africa Legal Podcast, you can now find us on all good podcast providers, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as SoundCloud. And as always, be sure to visit us at africalegal.com for the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal practitioner. So this has been Konyin, Tominigi, Wolemi, and Tom signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast. <laughs>